No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. Is it a good evening, though, Ezzy? And for all of those joining us live here on the Illegal Curve post-game show from all across the interweb, welcome to our Illegal Curve post-game show. I am in the host chair. Dave Manuk is my name. He is my main man, Ezzy Ginsberg. Drew is away from the show sick, probably like many of you. He's literally sick. You guys are all figuratively sick after you watch the Jets uh, fritter away what would have been a winning streak into a point streak because of the um, inexplicable. Well, first of all, you got to give credit to the play of Morwina Manitoba's James Reimer. He was phenomenal in net for San Jose, but the Jets uh, snatched uh, a defeat from the from the Jaws victory as he because they had that one wrapped up. And they made some questionable decisions in terms of personnel that we'll talk about when we get into the Bitway game recap. But overall, what was your uh, con- what your thoughts as from uh, that sixty three minute hockey game or whatever it was in total? Yeah, well, you kind of you know took took my main point there, Dave. Just in terms of, I mean, the Jets controlled this game at, at five on five. The story for me though is you have six power play opportunities. You're not able to bury any of those, yeah. even though you had some good chances. But like, what's Blake Wheeler doing there at the end of the game? Ice is the puck. Why is he out there for that long? Like, again, like there's more to this game than just that. But like, I'm not sure why Rick Bonus and the coaching staff thought Blake Wheeler needed to be out there. I don't know exactly how long he was out there, but I want to guess maybe two minutes to end the game there. Right. So I realize that he can't get off the ice because they ice the puck. Yeah. But you could argue that, you know, there are better options out there you know, defensively, like, why isn't Morgan Barron out there, for example, right? I thought Barron had a great game, right? We'll get into that, you know, missed chance. He just, mm-hmm. you know, couldn't raise the puck over Reimer's glass, but I thought Morgan Barron had a fantastic game. But I just, you know, poor decision-making by Wheeler, and I think poor decision-making by the coaching staff to have Wheeler out there. Like, I was joking with you, like, does Wheeler need that empty net goal for his stats? Like, what other reason is he out there? He's just not one of your best defensive forwards. You have other guys, you know, Kev- why isn't Kevin Stenlin out there? That's another guy that I said. That's there, right? I, funny as enough because as he, they wear very similar numbers and they have a similar composition. I actually thought it was Stenland, which would make sense more than Blake Wheeler, though Stenland's face-offs weren't so good today, but none of the Jets face-offs weren't uh, very good today. They were, they were heavily outdrawn. I think it was like 70, 30 in favor of San Jose. Congratulations, Daryl. He got his tough duck toque. Way to go, Daryl. But yeah, I mean, that's, it, it, it was a lot of, a lot of missed opportunities. And look, we I talked about it in the pregame report on illegalcurve.com. This was a Sharks team that came into this game having lost three straight, having basically uh, almost a San Jose Barracudas-like lineup with all the they're trades the they've made. Bedard sweepstakes. Like, they're the second worst team in the Western Conference, one point up on Chicago. Yeah. And their goal differential coming into tonight's game was minus 54. Minus 54. They have a great penalty kill, though. We were talking about that here. You were at the game for the first two yeah. periods. And yeah. then we watched the third here, like we always do. And you were pointing that out. Like, it wasn't a coincidence or it wasn't by mistake that they killed off a lot of those Jets penalties, right? Like, they're a scrappy team. Like, they really are. 
And, yeah. you know, give them credit. I mean, James Reimer deserves a huge part of that win. You know, he makes the save on, on Shifley right before they go back and, and Couture scores, right? I think it was Shifley that he made the, the save on. And then the Jets were just caught and Couture, Couture had a long breakaway. And, you know, give him credit. He's scored a lot of goals in the NHL and he puts a really nice move on David Riddick. Um, and obviously, you know, the first goal, Riddick just, he couldn't, you know, freeze the the puck and the the Sharks, you know, just kept whacking away at the puck and Steven Lorenz, he uh, buried it, right? But like, yeah, you're right, Dave. This is, you know, especially after you trade away Timo Meyer, uh, right. you know, you, you're, you were already a bottom five team in the NHL with Timo Meyer. Uh, and then Meyer obviously is one of your best offensive players, but you know, you've still got Tomas Hurdle. You've still, we talked about Couture, you know, yep. Eric Carlson, Mario Ferraro is a defenseman that I, I actually think thought Mark Edward Vlasic wasn't bad tonight. I mean, Vlasic, obviously, you know, this is, you know, one of his last years in the NHL. Right. Yeah. Uh, and he's, you know, a guy that, you know, his contract has looked bad for a while now, but I thought he wasn't bad, but, you know, give the Sharks credit. What else did they have to play for aside from, you know, getting Carlson a hundred points? And just trying to play the role of spoiler, right? So well, give them credit for tying up the game with 10 seconds left. But yeah, James, the Jets could have easily been up three or four goals. So, I mean, they were badly outplayed, the Sharks were. But, I mean, it's just inexcusable that you lose to one of the worst teams in the league. And coming into tonight's game, Ezzy, this was the, uh, I believe, the sixth Monday night game. The Jets were coming in were 4-1 and one in Monday nights. They lost the first one that they played this season. They won four straight. So they break that streak. For them, they'd also the winner of every one of those games, randomly enough, had scored four goals, which was not the case tonight with the Sharks taking it 3 2 in overtime. But I mean, look, I, you understand why people are upset because you have an emotional game against the Edmonton Oilers on Saturday, a game that was exciting, it was energetic, it was lively. And Rick Bonus was asked about that in his media availability, you know, with respect to maintain, are you worried about maintaining that same level, that same emotional? Um, kind of uh, energy, and I, you know, I just want to make sure I get the quote right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to it. He was asked if it will be tough to muster the same emotion from Saturday's game to a Monday contest against the Sharks, a team obviously, you know, second worst in the Western Conference. It better not be. Yesterday morning we woke up in third. This morning we wake up in eighth. That's how tight it's going to be. Then he spoke to the the emotion, he, you know, with Shifley jumping on Morrissey when they scored that goal of 1.26. 1.2 seconds to go in the second period. That's the passion. That's the emotion that we want to see every night. That's going to carry us through the next 19 games. I mean, don't get me wrong. James Reimer was a big part of that story. And James Reimer was the difference in, in this hockey game because the Jets very easily could have scored, you know, four or five, six goals tonight. If, if James Reimer has an average performance, but I mean, you have to expect the guy who's coming to his, home province and probably has family in, in attendance. And we don't know how much longer James Reimer is going to be playing in the NHL. So I'm sure he wants to have some good memories of one of his final, potentially final appearances here in Winnipeg, but he was great. And he was, you know, the difference in the game. And, and you can't say the same for David Riddich. I know I, I personally like, and we'll get into it when we start the Betway game recap as, but you know, it's, it's, it's a tough situation for, for Winnipeg right now, because you're not, you're not getting what you need when you need it from key players in this, in this organization, whether it's, you know, David Riddich uh, covering up a puck, Blake Wheeler, not inexplicably like, I mean, it, it just, if you're out there, if you're going to be trusted to be out there, why are you going for an empty net rather than dumping that puck into the neutral zone 
or flipping it a thousand feet in the air and just trying to get it to land. And it was it off. was a low risk. Uh, pardon me, a uh, low percentage of you scoring on that empty net shot, right? Where he, where he was in the defensive zone, like and and Wheeler's a guy that you know scored a lot of empty net goals, and you know he's pretty accurate there. But yeah, it's just a mistake. It's a mental lapse, and I think he was out there for way too long. Let alone the fact that you know you probably had better options. Uh, in terms of defensive forwards. But yeah, the first goal was weak on Riddick and who you call Riddick, but I, I think it's Riddick, but you like to go with Riddick. So we'll, 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 you know, go with both. You'll call him Riddick. I'll call Did him I say Riddick. I meant Riddick. Okay. Well, anyway. I think, I think I have no idea. I, I think of J- the basketball player, JJ Riddick. Okay. That's fine. I mean, we know who we're talking about. We're talking about sometimes big save Dave. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, when you're talking about the emotional level, Dave, I mean, it's hard. You knew that the Jets, were unhappy with the way they played in Edmonton. So you knew there was going to be a response and they exploded and it was a very entertaining game. And you knew that there was no way you were going to match that, the quality of that game or necessarily the emotional level. So I don't necessarily know that, you you know, it was this game had anything to do with the emotional level. They just didn't bury their chances, right? Like Kyle Connor, you know, earlier in the game on one of the first power plays had a great chance. Nino Niederreiter in the slot. He was really good. He was tipping pucks like Morrissey was looking for him in the slot. So Niederreiter was looking good there. I didn't think Pierre-Luc Dubois had that great of a game. Nikolai Ehlers made an unbelievable pass on the Jets' second goal um, to Nate Schmidt. And, you know, that that's what also, you know, for me kind of bugged me about this game from both perspectives is that, you know, Schmidty, he gets a healthy scratch against Edmonton. Then he comes back and he has the, the game-winning goal in his stick. And, you know, you can't close that game out, right? So it's just a wasted opportunity. But forget all of that for a second. The Jets need these points right now, right? Like they're in a wild card spot. And Calgary, last I checked, was beating Dallas, right? So like the Jets need these points. So they have to find ways to win. So, I mean, you're playing Minnesota on Wednesday, as we all know. We all know that the Wild have had the Jets number this year. So it's another must-win game. So, I mean, you want to look at the, the glass half full. At least they get a point. But they should have easily had a clean two points in this game, Dave. So uh, it's really disappointing. And even though there were some nice individual performances from the Jets, we talked about mm-hmm. Nino Niederreiter. I thought Nemesnikov has, has fit in really nicely. Nate yep. Schmidt, you know, nice to see him rebound. But just not not any – you, you're not going to find, you know, a lot of happy campers in that Jets room right now considering that they pissed the point away. You're right. And and speaking of the point, as the point, I'm just checking the stand, updated standings right now because – as per NHL.com, they've now flipped back into third spot, one point up on Colorado. Of course, worth noting, Colorado has three games in hand. So even though the Avs are in a bit of a slide right now, you're you're you got to be aware there. They do have those those pesky three games in hand. They're now three back of Minnesota, but of course, Minnesota has a game in hand. And oh hey, Nashville now Nashville seven points back, but they've got four games in hand on the Jets. And if Calgary can maintain this, they'll be uh, six back of Winnipeg. So, I mean, it's, it's not a insurmountable situation and, and these are games you can ill afford to lose, as I said, kind of off the top. So let's, let's get into it as let's get into the Betway game recap. So uh, brought to you, of course, by our friends at Betway, one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. You must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. 
Well, as it took, it took a little bit of time in that first period and the jets to their credit came out with the right energy. And, and it looked like James Reimer was, was ready to go because I think the shots were, I want to say they were six, six or seven, one in favor of Winnipeg. James Reimer uh, was, was, was able to, you know, obviously make all the saves he needed to make, but the jets came out in the right way to start that opening period with it, with again, the way you would want them to do based on the fact that like you said, they, they have that energy, that, that memory of the good feelings they got from that win against the Oilers. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the first period for the most part was solid. Uh, you know, you don't like the fact that you weren't able to convert. Did they have two or three power plays? I forget. They had at least two power plays in that first period. They might have had three because I think the last one carried over a little bit into the first second period, three. right? Yeah, there was 21 seconds. They had yeah, three power plays. Bit. Yeah, they, they the first power play went to um, San Jose on the Dylan DeMello uh, holding against Kevin LeBanc. And then the next three went against San Jose. Right. And so you don't like that, but the Jets were the better team in the first period. They had, like you said, they're out shooting them better at five on five. And on this particular goal, I mean, we've all, you know, most of us watched it and have seen the replay here. Um, it's just not a good rebound control by David Riddick. And give Sleeman Lorenz credit. Like he's not a guy who, you know, scores a lot of goals. I'm not sure how many goals he has, not a lot this year, but, you know, Kevin LeBanc was out there and they're just whacking away at it. And, you know, it was also, who's the other forward that I'm uh, forgetting here that also had a whack at it? Uh, it was, let me look it up here. It was uh, Lindblom, who used to play on, on Philadelphia. So it's yeah. just bad rebound control. Uh, and considering how well the Jets were playing in the fir first period, it was really disappointing that the Jets found themselves down one nothing when they had the power play opportunities and much of the control of the even strength play. No, and and you're right, as that, and that's a play that I don't care if you say, well, you know, the ref didn't blow the whistle in time. I mean, what do we always say? Play to the play to the to hear the whistle. And and David Riddick needed to have that save. I'm sorry, like that's that's a killer. That's a backbreaker because first of all, you're out playing San Jose, and sure, you know James Reimer. You could say, oh, he's in your head a little bit because um, he's playing well. But the fact of the matter is that you know you go down a goal. And look, I'm not saying that the Jets are a fragile team, but they're a bit of a fragile team, right? I mean, they're how many games before yesterday, before Saturday, they hadn't won very many games uh, in their previous, you know, 15. So for them to to especially like, you know, not have the crowd. I mean, this was a game where there was going to be some nervous energy, especially if they couldn't kind of get it going. And once you realized Reimer was in a bit of a zone, you know, his old Optimus Prime sort of thing, suddenly then folks were going to be like, okay, this is not going to be a situation where, you know, the Jets can ill afford to have that sort of start, really. And and that's the way things would go for, for some time until the man known as Nino, El Nino, as he, he got things going six minutes into the uh, second period. And uh, I don't know that that was necessarily an intended pass to need a rider from Josh Morrissey. There's a lot, quite a little lot of mustard. I think he was trying to go across to Kyle Connor, but regardless, Nino Niederreiter fires at home. His first goal is a Winnipeg Jet, 19th of the season, and his 200th in the NHL. He is one point off of 400. He needs one more assist to hit 200. So a bunch of milestones for, for the newest, the second newest Jet, uh, but he ties the game and he gets the crowd going. Yeah, and I think that was right after. Uh, Blake Wheeler and Adam Lowry had those chances with the wide yeah. open cage, right? And I don't, there's no way Lowry got a lot on his, 
Um, no, I think I think sure. that happened. Didn't I? Didn't that happen after the Niederreiter? I think the Jets could have taken the lead with those with those plays. I oh, think. was it? Okay, yeah. yeah it was shortly so. after Wheeler and Lowry both yeah. had the open net and they couldn't convert. But yeah, you mentioned it. It looked like Josh Morrissey was trying to find going with the seam pass to to Kyle Connor. Right. And we always talk about when a guy spins around. We we talked about this for years. Like Grapes used to talk about this on on Coach's Corner. Goalies, it's really tough for them to read it because they're always trying to read and track the puck, right? So Niederreiter, the old, you know, spin and shoot, um, and, you know, his shot is is on display there. Not necessarily his best shot ever, but we've talked about he's a guy that loves to shoot the puck. That's one of the reasons why the Jets acquired him from Dallas. So, yeah, just a really nice, you know, putting the puck on net with a nice quick shot. And Reimer, just he couldn't read it, you could tell. And you could tell by his reaction as well that he was frustrated um, because, you know, I don't think a goalie ever likes to be scored on when when it's from that far out. Um, but nice to see. Niederreiter's had an impact. Uh, you know, the Jets haven't won all their games with him in the lineup, but mm-hmm. uh, he's been noticeable, right? He's contributing not only offensively, um, but we talked about that earlier on the power play, right? Like in the slot, um, there's one chance that I think it was Morrissey. might have been Connor fed him and he tipped it and, and Reimer made the save. So Niederreiter is, you know, has been as advertised not only, you know, producing and getting the points on the board, but, you know, being effective five on five. Yeah, and, and doing things that the Jets need, which is shooting, because, I mean, there was there was that sequence as, and we talked about it, you know, before the show began, watching the third period, that the Jets had the puck for, it felt like three to four minutes. It may not have been that long in the San Jose zone, but they never shot it. They had it, they kept to the outside, and again, they just needed guys to get the shot on net, and they just refuse for whatever reason and the power play and we got to talk about the power play because you know in that second period the best chances of special teams i think maybe i'm wrong but it really seemed like morgan Barron had the best special teams chances for the winnipeg jets today and both instances of course were shorthanded uh opportunities well, what was and, what like i realized carlson was out there but he just gave up yeah i'm talking about the first one yeah no, um, i know not not the the second one where Reimer makes the pad save, but the first one. I think it was just he shot. If I'm not mistaken, I could be mistaken. I'm mistaken a lot of the time. But on the, are you talking about? Are you talking about on the Morgan Barrett? Yeah, the one. Yeah, the one. It was the one timer shot. Yeah. Yeah. No, so that, it was. It was. The, you're talking about the two on one where he took the shot. Yeah, and Carlson yeah. just he, he yeah. gave up on it. Yeah. Like it was. I, I. It was. It was. It was odd. Like it was almost like he didn't know Barron was there or something. Yeah, uh, and, and like it's tough to criticize Carlson because he obviously gets the assist and he's on pace for 100 points and he's the Norris favorite right now. Even yeah. though I think Josh Morrissey is going to have something to say for it, uh, so is Rasmus Dahlin. But uh, yeah, I, Baron was really good. I mentioned that earlier, but you know, in this in the second period when they're pow- they had their power play opportunities, I forget if they had one or two. They were in the second. I, having, they had two. They were having trouble gaining the zone. Right, like so, it, it goes back to kind of what we we've talked about for a long time. The Jets' power play is very hot and cold, right? Like one one shift or one power play looks good, another time it doesn't look very good, right? Like I didn't think Nick, I told, I said this before, like, and I'm a big fan of Ehlers. Anybody that's listened to this show, as you are, uh, Dave, and as Drew is, um, but I just didn't think Ehlers had it tonight. Dubois obviously is coming into the lineup, um, you know, after missing some games. Uh, I didn't think he was super impactful, so you have to give him a little bit of a uh, a pass right because a little you know, latitude missed, for sure miss some games but I, I you know even though the Jets badly outshot the Sharks this was still a game that I, I think you'd like to see more 
uh, from a team that's, that is battling for their playoff lives against a team that is tanking for Bedard, right? Like, let's not kid ourselves here. Like, yes, Carlson, Hurdle, Couture, like Kevin LeBanc, they've got some good players here, but like the Jets are a much more skilled team. And I just think it's an opportunity wasted. Again, you should have had those two points. After Nate Schmidt put you up in the third period when Reimer was making save after save, right? And you talked about it, like he was... He was doing what, you know, Carol Vermelka did for the Coyotes last year, right? Or and this year. So it's just really disappointing that they weren't able to, you know, get those two points clean because after battling through the whole game and it was one of those kind of grinder games, as Paul Maurice used to call them, uh, just another disappointing game and in a disappointing stretch. As you mentioned, Dave, like the last 15 games, the last 30 to 35 games, this has been a 500 team. So again, you've got a tough Minnesota team coming up on Wednesday and that's a must win game because if Minnesota beats you and they've already defeated you, what, three times this year, then it's going to be really tough to catch the wild for second in the central. Well, and you know, as the other thing we need to talk about is the disproportionate um, usage on power play one versus power play two, because power play one played, it felt like a minute 30 to a minute 45 of every power play opportunity and if you're looking at the ice time right now i mean lowry had four minutes wheeler had almost four minutes ehlers three which again unusual shifley 843 nita rider 753 pierre luc dubois 737 kyle connor 828 so i mean if you're going to get that much time at five on four and you're not going to contribute then why are you getting that much time because they didn't look they didn't look dangerous. It didn't look like the power play had much of anything doing. And so sure you're gonna credit. And again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm certainly not gonna be dismissive of the effort we saw from James Reimer because I thought he was excellent. But if the power play is gonna be powerless, and if your first unit isn't getting it done, well, first of all, like I don't know the reason to adhere to these these units anyways. Like you might want to mix it up and maybe throw Ehlers. I'm not saying that Ehlers is gonna be the solution, but you know, get Ehlers with some of these other guys, get somebody off of the the, the, the first power play unit because it, it's stagnant. And I will give San Jose credit because they didn't allow, you know, it's funny, Rick Bonus talked about how he wanted the power play to play fast. Well, they had to because San Jose didn't let them set up. Aggressive, and yeah. They're quick they were, and fast, yeah. That's exactly, and that was what I noticed both live in, in the building and then watching the third period here at my place was the fact that the Sharks didn't allow the Jets to get comfortable and just attack, 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 attack. And the Jets just almost, it was almost like they, they were stubborn. That's what the way I would describe the Jets power play today. It was stubborn. They wouldn't, they were almost like, this is the way we like to set up and we're not going to change our approach to how we set up. And so it was like, they couldn't. And that's why I like Nino Niederreiter out there because he is an agitator, but he's yep. also a guy that, you know, has the reach. Like I, I mentioned it earlier, like I like that kind of set tip from whoever it was, Connor or, or, or Morrissey. But yeah, really at this point, I mean, you just have to start putting the puck in the net, right? Like you yeah. just have to do it. And if it's not working with power play one, then you take off somebody who isn't doing well on, on power play one. And this is, you know, Scott Arneal, Rick Bonus, Brad Lauer, like they've got to make, it's not, you know, we're not the ones that you know, make the decisions. It's <laughs> it's them that have to make these decisions, right? And yeah, it, it's, it's kind of mind boggling with all, like we've talked about it, you know, the Jets top six. You've got a lot of point per game players there. They they should be doing better. Like we talk all the time about the penalty kill how and how it's second in the NHL. Great, um, but you know this is a game in which 
you know, it was 1-1 and you weren't getting, like Reimer was playing well. You knew you weren't going to score four or five goals, right? So the power play let them down big time. Um, but the, the inability to, you know, close out that lead, close out that game, I, I, I don't understand. Like I, it, they were sitting on their heels and, you know, the Sharks had the puck in the jet zone for a, a good couple minutes to the end of that game, right? Yeah. And then obviously, you know, Wheeler ices the puck and just, you know, makes a bad play. And then Hurdle gets the, the tying goal. And then in overtime, I mean, we know anything can happen in overtime. So, I mean, this game against Minnesota, I know we've said it a lot over the last couple of weeks, but it's a it's a really big game. And well, you've got some tough games coming up on the road, right? Like, what do you have? Florida, Carolina, Tampa Bay, Dave? Something yeah. like that, right? Like, yeah. So that's not going to be an easy – we we know what happened the last time they went out east and lost three or four games, right? <laughs> so it's a must-win game. And I realize it's a cliche and people hate saying that, but, you know, the Jets need to show something here because they obviously didn't follow up that win against Edmonton with a win against San Jose. You're right, but Ezzy, you're, you just you just shot through the rest of the Betway game recap, but thankfully I'm the host, so I am in control of the where this show is going as we're not finishing – that quick, that would be the, we went from having like Drew and I did like the world's longest illegal curve post game show. I think we did in about an hour and a half. The last one, because well, you guys had 12 goals to cover. Well, we had 12 That's goals to cover. Goals. There was a lot of joy in Joyland, as people were excited. 21 goals between the two Oilers and Jets games. The last, you know, two, you know, with, within 24 hours of each other. That's one of the, honestly, like as an aside here, yeah, one of the best rivalries the Jets have is probably with the Oilers going back to that playoff series, right? Like I realized yeah. the Jets, swept the Oilers. Yeah. But I mean, think about the right now, like remember it was Jets Predators in 2017, 18, and then even 2018, 19. I would probably say the Jets Wild is one of the best rivalries in division. But honestly, like who's the best rival the Jets have right now? I would say the Oilers, even though they're not in their division. They always have great games. Yeah, the the Oilers there always does seem to be a lot of emotion when you're when the Jets are playing Edmonton, and, and it goes back to the Canadian division, right? That's kind of what I was getting at. They were in the same division in 2020-21, but yeah, that good old. I might, I might be kind of overstating it a little bit here, but those the, two no, games I, were fun. Well, no, it also depends if you're a certain of a certain age, a certain vintage. Then, of course, the Smythe division is going to always be imprinted in your brain. Doesn't matter what uh, what year it Mark is, Lamb. you always. You always forget <laughs> there's a lot of names that we could go over as, but that's not the point of this show. This is the Illegal Curve post-game show, not from uh, the mid-80s and 90s. Mark Lamb was on the all-food team, by the way. Was he? I think the Jets, as I said, when they the got... the all-food team again? Well, hold on, not yet. But when, when the Jets uh, traded for uh, Nemestikov, I, I said, I think the Jets are trying the all-hard-to-spell name list with uh, Nemestikov, Niederreiter, uh, Menelainen, uh, Axel Janssen, Fielbe. It's not a, not a, this is not this is not a fun team when you have to write their names quickly on the old Twitter machine. But anyways, as let's keep going. You can get it. Do you want to do your hold on? Do you want to do a quick segue? Do you want to do your all food team? Or well, I can wanna... I can give the original all food team just because it's always fun, and I can always give a shout out to my dad. He was the one that came up with it. I think I added one, but the big one, and we think this is really revolutionary. How we came up with the all food team. I don't know if other people ever came up with an all food team. We believe. We were the first because this is going back to when I was a kid, like over 20 years ago. Uh, Kari Taco was the key one in that, <laughs> right? Like you had to have the goalie. And then uh, on defense, former Winnipeg Jets defenseman and current UND head coach Brad Berry is obviously a huge member of the Elf. And by the way, there's we could come up with probably a couple of uh, line combinations. Like yeah. you could have probably a first line, second line, third line. But I'll just give the original. It was Brad Berry and then Paul Coffey, obviously on defense. Okay. And then up front, you had Adam Oates, 
Yari Curry, and Mark Lamb. There you go. The all food Although, team. One could argue is is coffee a food? It's a drink. Coffee's a food. Interesting. Okay, well let's it's keep the talking. All food or drink team. Uh, <laughs> okay, well let's 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 get back to the the. the and obviously, that- if you want to you want to throw in one for for fun that uh, I remember Remus threw, and then my dad said it didn't count. Joey Kosher. Well, I mean, the Jets, the the guy that we thought the Jets could trade for as he, Nick Schmaltz, he would be a nice addition. Schmaltz, both. yeah. He would have, that's, see, that's the 2.0 team. That's the new yes. team. Yeah. But you got to give, you, he'd be credit for both being a good member of the all food team and would have been a good addition to this Winnipeg Jets team. And uh, running well, man Spence, is right. He just, Spence, he just threw a pear juice. It was, it was spelled, I believe, D-J-O-O-S. Yes. Pear juice. Yeah. But yeah, yeah Spence, that's a good one. Running man is right. Give Ray, Ray, James Reimer credit. He played outstanding tonight. Good old Manitoba boy from Morwina, Manitoba, which uh, is north near Arburg. Uh, I've actually driven through Morwina, Interlake. Manitoba. It's the Interlake. Yeah, it's part of the Interlake. That's true. It is a just. It's just. It's just. Okay, hold on. It's just to the east of. Uh, no, sorry, west of. If it was the east, it'd be the other way. Of the home of the Riverton Rifle, Reggie Leach. Who yeah. my dad went on a double date with in Flin Flon. There you go. Shout out to Flin Flon. There we go. Flin Flon and uh, Reggie Leach. We always love. We had a good. We had a good chance oh, to interview Reggie Leach. Oh, that was hundredth anniversary true. of hockey. He, Manitoba. Oh, and he's the nicest guy. You ask anybody about Reggie Leach. Yeah. Uh, only good things to say. Nicest guy ever. Still holds holds the record for mo- most goals in the playoffs. Well, he was he was a phenomenal hockey player. Not that we watched him. Drew did, of course, because Drew was probably about fifty at the time when he was playing back yeah. in the day. Yeah, but, Drew was uh, uh, close to retirement then. But as he the the powerless power play came to to into effect again. You know, the Jets had a chance early in the third period. They don't take advantage of it when uh, Mario Ferrero had that high sticking penalty against Nito Niederreiter, and then uh, they had another one with twelve minutes and forty nine seconds into that uh, final frame, and they didn't take advantage. Oh no, they did. Sorry. They did take no. They didn't take advantage. The Nate Schmidt goal came shortly thereafter. We thought it was because power play one had stayed on the ice the entirety. I think of that power play. But regardless, Nate Schmidt he breaks his uh, streak after being a healthy scratch. And I thought uh, the comments were, you know, were interesting from uh, head coach Rick Bonus when he talked this uh, this uh, morning after morning skate. If you want to hear those comments, go to a little site called TheLegalCurve.com. We've got them in the pregame report ads. But, you know, he just talked about when he said made the decision to take Nate Schmidt out. It, he said it wasn't a quick decision. It wasn't a decision he was unaware of that he had been speaking to Nate Schmidt and that, you know, he was, um, you know, that he knew that th- this was coming and that that was the reason why he pulled him. I, I Again, I we talked about it. It's funny because remember when we were saying, well, why don't you sit a veteran? And someone was like, well, he's not going to sit one of his veteran players. And we're like, well, why wouldn't you? He sat Nate Schmidt. We thought maybe Neil Pionk would have been the recipient of a of a sitting, but regardless, it ended up being Nate Schmidt. He comes back, he scores uh, on a beauty pass by Nikolai Ehlers, who who drives behind the, the um, San Jose net. Again, expertly caught by our photographer Colby Spence, who was uh, ice level for that one. It's on our illegal curve Instagram. So if you want to go smash the like button here, then go smash a like on that photo. Let Colby feel some love from you. Uh, but it gave the Jets a 2-1 lead, gave Nate Schmidt his 200 point in the NHL, and you could see from his reaction as he was like, all right, let's go, we've got this. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it was Matt Benning who was chasing Ehlers there behind the net, and 
I think most people thought that Ehlers was going to continue going behind the net, right? But the no-look backhand pass to Nate Schmidt, and yeah, the the celebration was fantastic. And I agree with you, Dave. Like, you could have picked a few guys that could have been a healthy scratch, but there's no doubt, I think, that most people, there's Colby right there. Colby's an unbelievable photographer. So if you're not already following us on Instagram, follow IC Illegal Curve on Instagram. Colby's been taking pictures for us for many years, and He's a very talented guy and just an overall awesome human being. So got to get that in there. And follow Colby on Colby Spence on Absolutely uh, follow Colby on Instagram and all social media channels that he is on. Not sure if Colby does the TikTok thing, but he might. So check him out on there. Search for him. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just like, what what else can you say, right? Even though I didn't think Ehlers had the strongest game, that was just a beautiful pass. And you got to feel good for, for Nate Schmidt scoring that goal after being a healthy scratch. So it looked like that was going to be the game-winning goal, but we, we know what happened after that. So unfortunate because, you know, that's those are the types of things, Dave, that like, you know, you you, you hope happens to, to a guy like Nate Schmidt. We know he's one of the most popular guys in the dressing room. So, you know, even though they don't get the win, nice for Nate Schmidt to get a goal. Yeah, for sure. And, and again, his 200th point in the NHL. So, it felt tight though, as he it never felt like this game was out of reach. The Jets just couldn't solve James Reimer. I mean, the the Morgan Barron had that glorious chance when Reimer made the the, the save with the back of his stick. Tikona Pauli's 96-year-old dad, he's not happy. He said, What was that? Well, Tikona Pauli, a lot of folks are wondering what was that because the Jets went what's up. The, to- what's the secret to living till 96 as well? Good for Tikona Pauli's dad. You can ask my Zeta Sam. My Zeta Sam is 95, but he's turning 96 at the end of this month. So uh, he'll it. be able to uh, he'll be able to give you share that insight with you, Ezzy, anytime you want. But look, I mean, the Jets had chances; they couldn't finish off San Jose. And again, we've talked about this Jets team as this isn't the Jets team that when they have the lead, you're like they've got this lead. There's very little likelihood that they're going. to... I mean, again, it can happen. But that's not this Jets team. This Jets team is that 18-19 team, which it was like there's that nervous energy. You could feel it in the building when it was a one nothing game, even when it was a one-all game. I mean, there was a little excitement, but when they weren't burying those chances on James Reimer, the fans were nervous. You could feel it, and I'm, I suspect folks here who are watching uh, you know, this show right now, they were probably nervous because the Jets don't seem to have that killer instinct right now. Nobody is rising to the occasion. Sure, you've got, you had a lot of guys have success in a 7-5 shootout with the Oilers. But when you're playing a tighter game, who's going to rise to the occasion? And it felt like a game where, you know, until Nate Schmidt had scored, uh, you're like, okay, is this one of those games that both teams are going to play a little cautious? If another team makes a mistake, they'll go for it. But, you know, is this a game that both teams got? Well, the Sharks don't care if they get to overtime, but the Jets almost don't want to make a mistake and lose in regulation. That's the way it felt like they played, cautious and tentative, as if they didn't want to, you know, make that mistake and, and you know, as I said, lose points they could ill afford to lose. Well, and, and the problem with, you know, kind of losing that aggressive forecheck and losing the pace and, and kind of sitting back, um, and icing the puck, which obviously you don't want to do, you know, with less than a minute left in the game, but they're just watching the replay, like, Wheeler is exhausted there. Like, you know, you're talking, on, you're talking on the game winning goal. Yeah, I'm talking, yeah, because that's what we're going to get into here, right? Like, the Thomas well, okay, so goal. Like, he gets a piece of Eric Carlson has the puck. He does it twice. Wheeler is covering Carlson. He gets a piece of it. So he breaks up, kind of breaks up the, the first pass. But then he's very slow to get, get over to Carlson. He's not in a proper uh, position or he's just not blocking a shot properly. Like, it's just, he's not really doing anything there. 
aside from being a pylon, really. Yeah. And, you know, it, so then Hurdle is is left a little bit uncovered and the game's tied up, like, right? So it's just like, you know, this was avoidable. It was a game that you should have held on and won. And, you know, again, I don't know if this point is going to be the difference between, you know, the Jets hanging on to a wild card spot or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you you got you to gotta finish the game stronger than that. No, and, and look, what it's going to come down to, Ezzy, is that from... 1815 okay from 1815 in the third period till uh 1949 Blake Wheeler was on the ice a minute so, so and- someone time stamped that well I, I know I'm looking I went on the time on ice report okay for, on an oh, oh you just went yeah yeah, yeah so that's put- what I said almost two minutes almost yeah. two minutes he's out on the ice for and again and we like, understand obviously you're the not reason getting- why they lost this game no but it it's the reason but why yeah, I, I think a huge reason why San Jose tied the game. Yeah, and look, Jeff Jeff Bowes makes a good point. I mean, the fact is the Jets were terrible on faceoffs. And you can say, like, and I understand the, the, the analytics, what they say about faceoffs. But the reality is, in that instance, if you win that faceoff and you control the puck, you're probably not. So, so, why, so Lowry's out there. Why is Kevin Stenland not out there? Exactly. Because really, if Lowry. I'd love, gets, I'd love oh, to, to know why Kevin Stenland or Morgan Barron, two of your best defensive forwards, Adam Lowry's out there. He's one of your best defensive forwards as well. That's right. Yeah, no, yeah. no problem with that. You expect Lowry to be out there. Right. I just, it, it's, I, I I don't know. Like, is there something in Blake Wheeler's contract that he needs to be out there every time the other team pulls the goalie? I mean, look. Like, honestly, what's going on here? Well, it, and again, that's, so before we even get into the goal is, and you, I mean, you already started to break down a little bit, but but what doesn't make any sense is the composition. I mean, and, and Rick Bonus has made decisions like, and it, it's funny, coaches aren't infallible. Like Rick Bonus had a very good first 30 games. And even then, if, if you don't agree with something, it doesn't mean because he's coached in the NHL for a million. Like, you don't get uh, this Teflon coaching opportunity because you've coached a long time and your decisions are without uh, reproachment. You know, I mean, we can we can question the decision-making by the coaching staff. And th- we've done this before, right? We've done this where the Jets needed to close out a game and they don't have their guys who are specifically in the lineup, like Saku Manalainen, you know, the guys who play PK. Wouldn't you think those are the guys who are going to be the ones who are best served when you're trying to protect a one goal lead? Like with all due respect to Blake Wheeler, why is he out there? It may, and I'm not just solely picking on him. He made the terrible decision when he had that puck to ice it. So that was, it was a dumb decision by him. But he's out there all the time though, Dave, in those situations. And this is is with Rick bonus as the head coach. So we're not talking about Paul Maurice. Like, we're not going to go back to last year and and beat that dead horse, right? Like we're talking yeah. about this year. You just have other players that are better options. Like we're we're strictly talking about when you're trying to preserve a one goal lead. You know you have better defensive forwards out there, and I, I haven't really been a big fan of Saku Manalainen's game for the majority of the season, but he is an effective penalty killer. And I mentioned Morgan Barron or Kevin Stenland. Like Kevin Stenland would be a guy that I would he would almost be the first guy that I would tap and, and say, like, you know, we need you out there, right? Because he can play center, he can play wing, he can win face-offs. He's a big guy, he blocks shots. Uh, it's it's really peculiar. So, again, I mean, it's not the reason why they lost the game, but it's definitely the reason why the game was tied up with when, when you combine Wheeler going for the icing, missing the net, and and then, you know, just being soft, uh, covering Eric Carlson there. So, Well, right. and, and sorry, guys, I was just going to say, and, you know, Patrick – made the comment and just for the people who are listening to the podcast 
I'll just read it out. It said, this happened early in the season when Bones admitted he had the wrong guys out at the end of the game. And that's all well and good. And I remember that, you know, he did, he did say that, but I mean, he knows the importance of this game. I mean, you have 19 games left. The teams that are behind you have games in hand on you. So while you are comfortably in a playoff spot, that comfort can go out the window with those other teams winning. And oh, by the way, five minutes to go in in Calgary and Dallas tied for all. So, I mean, if that one doesn't end in regulation, you know, both those teams, one who's well ahead of the Jets and one who's somewhat behind Winnipeg are going to gain points, right? And that's that's the worst case scenario is if Dallas, you know, loses in cal- in overtime and the Flames win, then then it's, you know, obviously that'd be the worst case scenario for the Jets. But look, the Jets had this game. They had it wrapped up. I mean, and again, remember folks, the Jets outshot the Sharks. They heavily outshot them. And James Ryburn was phenomenal. And the you know, and the, good, the, good for him. We always talk about this. Like he's he's come in to Canada Life Center right before Bell MTS Center, yep. and he's played a bunch of times here. But just good for him, right? Because you know he's toward similar to Mark Edward Vlasic. He's towards the end of his career, but you know he's a guy that you know hopefully plays another you know two, three, four more years in the NHL. But good for him, right? Because I'm imagining that he had family in attendance. Yeah, um, and he's a guy that knows he's not going to the playoffs, just like the rest of the team does. So good for him, right? Like he's a he is a he has always been an honest professional hockey player, a great guy with the media, but also just a guy that always gives you an honest effort. Well, and you know, as I'm just looking at the five on five, like high danger chances for and against, the Sharks had seven high danger chances in the first period. So the Jets won. The Sharks didn't get another high danger chance for the remainder of the game. At five, how did five. how did the Sharks have like I watched that game just like you did. I wasn't in the building, but. Yeah, like I, I didn't even think the Sharks had seven shots on net in the first period. <laughs> like honestly, I don't know how they had seven high danger chances, but well, I mean, you know, just because a shot doesn't hit the net doesn't necessarily mean it wasn't a high danger chance. It just means that you just and and that's another thing that the Jets, of course, have been doing a lot of lately is missing the net and and watching. There's so much. There's so much that the Jets are just not doing right. So, anyways, look, uh, you you know you touched on it, Ezzy, and we'll just quickly get back to it. But look, the the goal goes in and it's deflating and the whole building. And it, it was very, like I said earlier, it was very reminiscent of an, of the, the jets of old, something that the jets would have done previously. Not, not a team. This isn't a well-oiled machine. This isn't a team that feels like they're cruising to the playoffs. This is a team that is fragile. I've used that word a number of times throughout the course of this post game show. You are of course listening. I should reset here as, because it's been a while we were listening to the illegal curve Post game show. I am Dave Manuk. He is Ezzy Ginsberg. You can watch us on our YouTube channel. Hopefully, you're subscribing. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. We always benefit from having more subscribers. We're climbing to five thousand, so be part of the illegal curve subscription yeah, army. We're close. We're, we're we've been close for a while. We're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. So make sure you do that. Make sure you smash the like button on this video. We appreciate that. That gets us out there. And of course, word of mouth. If you're on Facebook. Share these videos with your friends and your family. Let them know about Illegal Curve and, uh, you know, where you like to spend your post games. Uh, hopefully, more often than not, enjoying yourself, sometimes ranting, sometimes making fun of us, whatever it is, however it is. And, of course, on Saturday mornings on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, we hope you'll join. Yeah, as Frosty Winnipeg says, join IC Nation. So uh, be part of the nation. Uh, Membership is free. Yeah, it's a free net. It's a free membership. That's the best kind of uh, that's the best kind of membership that you can have. Anyways, as so it goes to overtime, and uh, 
you know, things look like they are going to get off to an okay start for the Jets. Uh, again, just sorry, before we get to that, what did you think of the hurdle goal? Did you think it was a good goal? I mean, like, did you think Riddick should have had it? Like, what was your overall? Well, it, it, it was so scrambly, right? Like, the Sharks are moving the puck around. We talked about it. Like, Carlson obviously is the quarterback, as he should be. He's yeah. one of the best defensemen in the league, if not the best. Um, but, I mean, it, the Jets were tired. Like, you could tell. We talked about Lowry and Wheeler were out there. Uh, you know, it was – I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was a pretty goal. Yeah. Um, but you kind of – like, the, it was – the the tension was building up. The pressure was building up on, on the Jets. They were hemmed in. Um, and, you know, give the Sharks credit. But, I mean, it's – what else are you going to say, right? Like, they were – it was just a – kind of an opportunistic goal, but it was obviously a preventable goal. The Jets had the game, and, you know, if Wheeler decides to just, you know, get it off the boards and not ice the puck, then most likely the game's over. So let's get into that overtime goal, though, Dave. I was trying, but I couldn't unmute myself, unfortunately. So we were we were, we were in a bit of a – I was going to start tweeting and then blah, blah, blah. Anyways, as – the Jets uh, and Sharks, of course, go to OT, and there's a couple of chances for both teams, but eventually the Jets get caught deep, and uh, Eric Carlson, he's having himself a good season. Two points Not tonight, two, two more assists, so he's up to 82 points on the season. Josh Morrissey, who's trying to chase him, uh, he had one assist, I think, in the game, so he's at 67, but uh, Eric Carlson feeds it up to Logan Couture, and uh, he, of course, makes the Jets pay, and 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 David Riddick, want, Riddick sorry, wanted to break his stick <laughs> In anger, as we we kind of watched this play about six or seven times, but he was unable to to snap his stick in anger. But he, I thought no, those he, sticks break easily. Obviously not. I have no idea. But regardless, uh, he breaks the he he didn't he didn't break his stick, but he broke the heart of many Jets fans in the building. And uh, and I'm not look. I'm not saying alone on that goal because you know Logan Couture has been in this league a long time and uh, he knows how to score. But it's it's a it's a tough result for the Jets and Jets fans to watch because now you lose a game that easily could have been a two-point effort for your team. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about, like, Logan Couture has a breakaway from basically center. Um, I was just checking to see how many... I, you know what? Not bad. I was going to guess that he has 300 career goals. He has 318 career goals. So he's well on his way to, to 400, Logan Couture. So, I mean, it's a nice move. I mean, like, nobody's going to really fault Riddick, considering that Logan Couture had a solid, you know, 10 seconds to think about what move he was going to put on Riddick there. So... Yeah, I mean, look at they get they get caught, right? It's is it it's Shifley Ehlers Pionk, is it not, Dave? That were, that, that was the the triumvirate out there, and so it's a good shot by Shifley and a good save by Reimer. But again, you know, it's three on three overtime, and you just have to have kind of better situational awareness, um, you know. And and Couture is fast, and and there's a lot of open ice out there, but you know, it's a it's a coin flip once you get to overtime for the most part. Uh, so nice and goal by by Couture, but yeah, you know, unfortunate that. The Jets let it get to overtime and really unfortunate that they couldn't get the extra point because last time I checked, Dallas had tied it up. So it's four all there. So that's kind of the worst case scenario if it, if each team gets a point there. Well, Dallas is on a power play with a minute 40. So they've got a minute 40 left in the power play and there's 235 left in the game tied for all. So I guess, I guess Jets fans are now stars hoping fans. for Dallas, but I mean, oh, yeah, no, of course you're definitely not hoping for a three point game here. No, no, you definitely it, want whether or not you think the Jets are out of it, they still legitimately have a chance at first in the central, even though know, they might be seven points back. I mean, you're still you're the goal is still to win the division, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, right at this point now, <laughs> for the Jets. Well, it's not looking players. great, but yeah, you know what I mean. But anyways, I, I just think that you know, it, it's it. There's a lot of things, and and I think a lot of this has to do with coaching. I I do. I I think Rick Bonus owns a lot of that game. I think like you know, he talks about talks about keeping guys fresh, and he talks like the power play is so disproportionate. And again, if power play one is firing nonstop and they're just they're lighting it up, then then fine, keep power play one on the ice for a minute and a half. But when they're not doing what they need to do, which is score goals, and Brad Lauer's back, like Brad Lauer's back on the bench, right? He was back in Edmonton. He was back in the game on Saturday. I didn't actually even notice if he was on the. No, he must have been on the bench um, today. So he I mean, was, he got, was on the bench tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got Marty, Brad Lauer Marty Johnston, Scott O'Neill. It was the four-headed monster. That's right. That's right. As he, you would, that's, that's the kind of question that as he would ask after a game, why do you have so many coaches on the bench? But anyways, the point is you have your power play coach back. You've got all of your, your resources. I just, to me, it's about usage and like, like power play one doubling up on power play two when they're not producing doesn't make a lot of sense. Not only that, it doesn't make sense, but it just kills the guys. You can say guys are, are, these guys are in unbelievable shape, but the fact of the matter is the, you're not scoring and it's taking these guys out. And I mean, look, maybe their effort isn't significant enough to really, you know, um, burn their energy as, but the fact of the matter is now you drop the game, you fall to, hold on, let me check the records now, 36, 25 and three, of course, just your third OT loss, which the jets, we jokingly said when we saw the, the um, game was going to overtime, well, we we're like, well, obviously this game, the jets are going to win because they always win in overtime, but of course they don't win in overtime. They lose this one. So it's a tough one for the Jets um, to drop. And now, of course, that over that Flames and Dallas game, as he looks like it, it's going to go to overtime as well. So that's going to be a three-point game. Not what Jets fans want to hear. Well, and you oh. do, and the key thing, going back to what we said, why you need the point so bad is because now you don't gain anything on the Hold Flames. Hold on, Dom Zappia. Dom, our friend Dom Zappia is saying that Calgary wins. Oh, Calgary won with 10 seconds to go. Wow. Wow. Or 11 seconds to go. So I think Dom's Dom, watching the game live. Dom must be because I just know. Dom's I just our look. out of town scoreboard insider. There we go. Dom was the insider there. So, so, look, there you and, so, now, so now you've lost a point. Or, or I guess you could look at it like Calgary gains a point, right? So, so instead of just remaining, what were they, five points up on the Flames? So now well, right, are they four? Right, right now, as they were, they were, no, they were eight points up on the Flames. And they're now six oh. points up on the Flames. But the fact is, Calgary, yeah, they're no, six points up. They're six points up on Calgary now. So they would have been seven before the game. What did I just say? Because the Jets got a point tonight. No, but I've, I'm already factoring in the Jets. The Jets are at 75 currently, and Calgary's at 67. That's that's with the win. But Calgary's Calgary, no, Calgary will be at 69 after this. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it has Calgary so the, hasn't so been up. The point is though, you could have you could have remained seven points up. Yeah, you. I mean, the right. whole point is it should have been a nullified. It should, in fact, not only should you have been, uh, should you remain seven points up, but you should have gained ground on Dallas. That's the whole point. Right. You'd be five points back of Dallas with one the game. Way the Jets with, have played over the last two months, they have not put themselves in a position where now they have a cushion and other teams are chasing them. Right. Like it's not like Minnesota and Colorado now are chasing them. Like I realize, I think. Jets are one point ahead of Colorado or something like that, right? Yeah, one point, one point. Yeah. Well, one but you know point what I mean. They were, at, one point, in, at one point, they were 10 points up on Colorado. That's right. And, and they were six or seven points up on Minnesota, and they were only one or two points behind Dallas. And, and now getting, Dallas is basically, you're not catching them. No, but but more importantly, like, again, talk about squandered opportunity, is that if you get this point tonight, 
you're at 76. And if you beat Minnesota, you're now psychologically, what a boost that is because you're now tied 78, 78. And again, like now we're at the point of the season with 19 games or sorry, 18 games left. You are paying attention to the outdoor scoreboard. Drew likes to do this, you know, 40 games ago, but the reality is for the jets, you are paying attention to this and you are having to watch this and you didn't have to when you had the buff. You're right though. Nobody loves the out of town scoreboard more than Drew. Absolutely. We're There's breaking no goals down on the Betway game recap and Drew is focused on the out of town scoreboard. Yeah, exactly. He was focused on the out of town scoreboard in October. <laughs> He's telling us the Jets are currently in third place. Like Drew, it's October. Like what are you talking yeah. about here? Yeah. Yeah. So look, it's going to be a great run to the final uh, end of the season. You're of course going to spend every moment you can here with Ezzy and I or and Ezzy, I and Drew. Didn't make sense the way I just said that. Hopefully or Drew's be- feeling better because I was texting him during the first period because after he told us he was going to miss the show because he was sick, I was making fun of him. So I had to text him and say, okay, I actually hope you're feeling better. And then he said that he puked and he was feeling better. Oh. Uh, so hopefully he's done the puking because that's not fun for anybody. Um, but uh, I think some Jets fans were probably also vomiting after that. Yeah, I was thinking a lot of people were, were not, we're not feeling, we're feeling ill as he, we're feeling ill to put it mildly. Well, we're going to head to commercial break because we got to pay some bills and we're going to give a shout out to our sponsors and, and thank them for joining us, you know, uh, on what is the Betway game recap, which is brought to you, no surprise, by our friends at Betway. It's simple, fun, and safe to bet with Betway. So head on over to Betway and bet your way. You must be 19 years or older to play, Ezzy. Please play responsibly. We'll come back. We've got contests. We've got toques to give away. Um, we've got a Manuk Moose Minute. Hey, folks, it's not all negative here on the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. We got some positivity to inject into the uh, into the dialogue. So stay tuned for the commercial break. And when we come back from those commercials, we'll have some fun. We'll have the good side side to talk about. So stay tuned for these words from our sponsors. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy. Everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos. Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, 
and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about five bucks? Come on, five dollars? No yep. way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code, Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. <laughs> There's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, all the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Well, welcome back. I don't know what's going on. I had a little delay there, Ezzy, but welcome back. To the Illegal Curve Post Game Show, I am your host, or the guest host, or I'm in the host chair, I should say, Dave Manuk. You recognize my voice, or you recognize my face. He's Ezra Ginsberg, my main man, about uh, 10 feet below me uh, in the Maison. It's about 10 feet, yeah. Something about that. Yeah, but anyways. So we're uh, discussing the Jets, what we were discussing the Jets. I think we're going to move off the Jets. We finished uh, that discussion. The Jets will be back in action on Wednesday against the Minnesota Wild. Again, another 6.30 start time. Blame our friends at Sportsnet for that, but 6.30 start time. I was I was all over that in the notes today on IllegalCurve.com on the um, on the up next in the pregame report. I was very clear to make sure people knew that it was going to be a 6.30 start time because I didn't want anybody to be showing up at 7, although maybe I would have done you a favor if you showed up a little bit late for that hockey game, but regardless... It's a 6.30 start time again when they take on their big rivals, uh, the Minnesota Wild, and uh, that'll be an important game for the Jets. So they'll uh, they'll have to uh, see what they can do against them on Wednesday. They'll be practicing tomorrow at noon. And um, I think that's all the Jets stuff is. So let's... Let's move. Should we do a tough duck? Do you, do you have your, do you have your, have you picked I'm someone? Just, I'm just looking for it right now. So let's, okay. if we can, if, well, if we I'll, can, Dave, let's do the illegal curve contest and then come back to me and then I'll have the winner for you. All right. All right. Well, there were a couple of options for the unique. I didn't check to see if anybody guessed the unique code word as I'm not certain if anyone did. I'm not sure if they would have. This was a not, I won't say the most obscure one, but remember if you want to participate in the illegal curve contest for March, I have links for it all over the website, especially on game days in the notes. It's usually note two 
Uh, it's in the afternoon links. It's in the pregame report. So you can find the links to the contests and there's various ways of entering. You can just enter one time just simply by going to the website. You can enter by going to our YouTube channel. We can't ask you to subscribe, but if you do, that's not a bad thing. And then once you you'll get some points for that, you can retweet us. You can follow us. You can leave a comment on our podcast. There's different ways that you can get points. And uh, when you get those points, like entering the unique code word, you can win Jets merch. Now we're like better than a scene card. I, I like we're like the we're like the the post game equivalent of a scene card. Exactly. If we I had a scene points, card. just exactly there you go. So you you can gain the points, and then with those points, Jazzy, you can get prizes, which yep. are like Jets jerseys. You can get Jets hats, Jets shirts. No IC stuff from us, but we were you know people are happy. We have a few IC things we can. Yeah, but I mean, like you know, we're trying to keep it consistent here. We don't want to. We don't want to show any sort of preferential treatment for some folks and not for others. But regardless, for those who want to enter the unique code word for tonight's game, it is the Vlad revenge game, or at least it was going to be, because of course Vlad Nemestikov, as he was back facing his old team of four days, who told him to who told him to stay. He played in town. one game with the Sharks, right? No, he didn't play any games. Oh, he didn't play, even play one game. No, they, they made the they trade. They were holding play. him out for trade-related reasons. They did. They literally told him. It was actually hilarious. Yes, on Saturday, I guess you didn't. You were, of course, not on the post-game show, so you probably didn't see his, his pre-game comments, but he basically said that he was told by San Jose when they traded with the Tampa Bay Lightning for him to stay in Tampa because they're basically going to trade him uh, right away, so there's no point in coming Oh, he didn't San even Jose. go to California. He didn't even That's go hilarious. to San Jose. stayed in Tampa Bay till he got dealt on that Friday. So he probably went from plus 20 to minus 20 and uh, he was going to potentially get his revenge against uh, his old team. Of course, that's in quotes, but enter that, get 10 bonus points and you can be like our winner of the IC merch contest, Greg McClure. So congratulations. Is he related to Troy McClure? I'm not aware if he is or is not as he. I'm after Troy McClure. Well, if you maybe he is, maybe Troy's a relative of his, but if he isn't, regardless of that, Greg is the big winner. So congratulations to Greg on winning the IC merch contest. Uh, we'll I will be in touch with you eventually. Of course, folks were not happy with Dave M because I was a little I was a little late with I promised last week, and I'm like, let's listen, folks. With the amount of stuff I was doing uh, for trade deadline week, it was madness and i couldn't get a lot of things done so i tried to get a bunch done you know we know phyllis got hers it's a backlog well we'll get this stuff out hey the reality with the legal curve as ken kenneth gardner our friend confirmed when he got all of he's got all the north dakota ken north dakota ken yeah we know that uh you you eventually get it from ic we always keep a record i keep very good notes so even if you don't have it right away in fact, there's someone who well, Garrett, got... Garrett Hole needs a two from 2012. Yeah, I didn't like that comic. Come on, Garrett. You know, when you win, you win, you win. But uh, like, I, I'll check my notes, but I'm pretty sure it was sent out. And it, look, there's no what, notes. Let's, oh, no, there's notes. In fact, hold on. Oh, no, I, I don't even have them here. Actually, if I had notes, that would help me a lot because with the tough duck, hardest hitting comments, I, I've fallen behind a little bit. So I've got to get some emails read and get some well, of we those know, tukes out. We know someone, we know someone got theirs, Ezzy, because. Um, because uh, um, he said he was wearing it, he'd received it today. So congratulations nice. to that person. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly look. So congratulations to Greg. And remember, everyone, try and enter the contest as best you can because uh, 
you know, it, it, it's fun to participate. It's fun for a legal curve to be able to give away stuff. And, 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 you know, I, I'm trying to find as he's tough to comment. And I found, I found out I where sent it, was it to you there, Dave, in the private yeah. chat. So yeah, no, I got, it. I got, I got it. I'm going to, I'm going to look for it right now. You know what, as I'm just going to post it and then we can, uh, you can read it. I can read it now if you'd like, while you're looking. Well, for let it. me, let me, let, oh shoot. I almost posted it in the private chat, which wouldn't have done us very good. Cause I can't highlight it. So here I'm going to post it here. I'm going to, there we go. Ezzy, this is for Got the tough up. duck, hardest hitting contest. C-Mac. So. It's all about C-Mac. C-Mac is usually with us after every Jets post game. always brings the, the good comments. There you yeah. go. Not a big fan of Bones this game. Poor power play personnel. Poor end of the game management. His team looked like it was going to skill all the way to a win instead of winning battles. I absolutely agree uh, You know, with that assessment. We talked about it um, You know, not, not just at the end of the game, but you know, the power play. I mean, when the Jets didn't click on the first three or four, um, you know, right. you would like to see some some different personnel out there. So send me an email, cmac, Ezra at illegalcurve.com or slide into my DMs at ICSEG and Tough Duck. We'll send out a uh, toque to you. So congratulations to CMAC. And hey, folks, that's always... I think C-Mac, we've given a toque before to CMAC. So he's going to have another one to add to the collection. Well, and, and you know what, that's the key is this. Like, you can always enjoy these games and... You don't just enjoy getting Tukes or Jets merch. You sometimes get Moose tickets. And Phyllis was given two tickets by me, and she went to the game on um, – which game was it? On Sunday afternoon, that was the concluding game of the Moose homestand against the uh, Chicago Wolves. They, of course, had played eight games in a row here in Manitoba. And, of course, what do we have to do as – well, no, Drew. Even if it's a little bit late, there's only one thing we can do. Put on your antlers. It's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. <laughs> that intro as gets me every time. Well, I still when laugh. You, when we have a eight-game homestand and the Moose went six-one and one. We have to have a Manuk Minute. Yeah, at least a Manuk Minute because yeah, the Moose are rolling right now. The AHL Club of Winnipeg, uh, they're bringing smiles to the faces of their fan base because. They continue to win hockey games. Uh, yesterday, the uh, Tico Napoli wouldn't be happy because uh, they swapped Simon Lundmark in for Tyrell Bauer, and um, Ashton Sautner came in for Jimmy Olney, and then Oscarie Salmon took the net from Arvid Holm. Those were the only lineup changes. And first of all, before we get even into the hockey game itself, we've got to give credit to the Wasak jerseys that the um, Moose. Uh, put together there for Winnipeg Aboriginal Sport Achievement Center. And unlike the Jets who just wear theirs in, in warm-up, the Moose actually wore theirs um, throughout the course of the game. Just phenomenal. They did a, it's a beautiful job. Uh, whoever designed, I don't know who actually designed them, but they did a really good job with them. So And they, they auction those off, right? Yeah. The proceeds go to the charity, to that charity. So, yeah. or that. Not sure if the, the auction has started, but I'm sure that we can I share it if it isn't, when yeah, it is available. They they haven't they haven't started the auction. I I don't I think they wait a little bit. They probably have to clean up the jerseys and all do some stuff with it. Yeah, but it's usually it's usually like two or three days or a week after yeah, or something. That's like right. That. Exactly. They'll do they'll do something along those lines where they'll get it uh, prepared and ready to go. But yeah, the jerseys were phenomenal and and the and and again raises awareness of you know of of the indigenous community here in Manitoba and, and they did a lot of things in terms of the pregame and got to give a, a shout out to Colin and his team uh, for the moose. They do, they do a really good job. So, so that was really well done. And, um, and then the game, the game got going. And so sure enough, 
who else as he who else gets the move started but jansen harkins on the power play uh four minutes into the first period he scores his 14th of the season off the rebound of cole meyer shot so uh the moose had a one nothing lead and that one nothing lead quickly became a two nothing lead because isaac johnson who scored his first uh goal about five minutes after harkins to make it two nothing and his it was his first ahl goal of the season it was an absolute beauty and of course Folks who pay attention to the WHL Winnipeg Ice know that Isaac Johnson played for for the Ice, so he was a member of the of both uh, two of the three uh, clubs here in Winnipeg. Moose had a two nothing lead, uh, cut two one. Billy Hanola made a bit of an error. I got in trouble on Twitter from some folks because I pointed this out. I had to, of course, explain to them. I point out everything that happens with Jets prospects, good and bad. And I, I said, "How dare oh, you say something bad about Ville?" Well, it was funny because I'm like, if you do a search with my name and Billy Hainola, literally the the five clips that come up, like the five most recent ones, four of the five are me like giving him praise on something good he's done, and then one outlining, and I'm like, it literally read led to a direct goal. Has nothing to do with pigeonholing him. I don't care. I'm not invested one way or the other. I don't have a bias. I'm literally just telling you what I see. And it was funny because I'm like, I called out Declan Chisholm and Oscar Salmonen because later on in the game. They made a mistake. I think it was Chisholm. It may have been uh, no, it was Chisholm. It was left shot. But um, but anyways, and so they made a mistake, and nobody came to their defense, even though I pointed it out that they had made a mistake that led to a goal. So I started laughing because I'm like, how come nobody cares about Declan Chisholm? He's a 2018 fifth rounder or a scary Salmonen. Anyways, yes, they don't care because uh, the Wolves tied. We're down to one, and then in the early in the second period on the power play. Uh, and this is the play I'm talking about that led to a mistake. The um, Mackenzie McEachern, who scored his second, first of the game, but it, we lead score, score his second soon thereafter. He tied the game early, but the Moose took the lead back. Cole Meyer, who's always around the net, the alternate captain for the Moose. I said, I don't know if the puck finds him or if he finds the puck, but regardless, he tipped home a, a shot by Tyrell. Did I say Tyrell Bauer was out? If I did, yes. I, made, I, I made a mistake. It was Simon Lundmark who was out. Tyrell Bauer was in because... Tyrell Bauer had the shot that Cole Meyer tipped. So that was a mistake by me. Sharks tied it up. So it was three all going into the third period. And you're like, well, this is an important period because the Moose, Chicago, even though they're they're far behind the Moose, the Moose are trying to catch Texas, trying to catch Milwaukee. The Moose are fairly comfortably in a, in a playoff spot, but they needed to, you know, at least earn a split. And like you said, as kind of keep it, keep it this, this homestand rolling. And sure enough, Dominic Toninato, who's again, been another effective player for Manitoba. He scores his 13th and you can see that uh, the goaltender for um, uh, uh, for Chicago, and I'm going to butcher his name, Peter Kochekov. He is a Canes. I think that was pretty good. Yeah, I thought that was all right. A prolific he, goal scorer. Yeah, he's a prolific goal scorer. Scored a goalie goal on Friday night, but he also was like in Tonnado's grill a little bit. So Tonnado stared him down a little bit. I saw that uh, clip that you posted. Yeah. That, that yeah. was very funny. It was very funny. So he I mean, scored. These two make... teams have, like, speaking of rivalries, I mean, yeah, that rivalry true. goes back to the IHL. Absolutely. But the Moose, and you're right, as it's a big rivalry, but the Moose started the period off right. They outshot him 11 3, including the Tonnado goal. And then they got the empty netter with Greg Morales making it a 5 3 game. Nice pass by Jansen Harkins. That's what happens when you have an empty net goal, by the way. You wait for the guy to be in the neutral zone and you flip him the puck. You don't try and shoot at the empty net and, and leave to an icing. Sorry, folks. But sure enough, uh, Kachetkov wasn't happy with Cole Meyer. He tripped him behind the net as the game was coming to a conclusion, which led to an exchange where Cole Meyer with uh, Oscar Salmonen and uh, Kachetkov came out of the net 
and almost had a goalie fight, which little, got stopped. Potential Potvin Hextall right there. Absolutely. I didn't know what was happening. And unfortunately, I left in the third period because I had my brother-in-law's birthday. So I had to I had to abandon ship after the second. It was like watching a Jets game. I watched the first two <laughs> periods live and then I had to watch the, the third period later. But with me. Absolutely. But but the fact is that there was a it was the second straight game now. Kachetkov got a 10-minute misconduct and kicked out of the game. So I guess he wants a, to be back up with the Hurricanes, right? Yeah, and, and and I know Hurricanes fans went wild over that clip I posted of him scoring the goal. But the point is the Moose ended up picking up a 5-3 win. And then, as you said, as he, a fantastic homestand going 6-1, 1-0. One, one, that was their 30th win of the season as they improved to 30-17, 3-3, sitting third in the Central. And they headed out today, actually, for a uh, seven-game road stand. Uh, Road trip, sorry, not road stand, road trip, uh, starting in Abbotsford where they'll play Tuesday and Wednesday and then they'll go to Iowa. And after that, I'm going to guess Rockford, but I'm not 100% certain. The fact is the Moose are going on the road. I'll have coverage of that, of course. So follow me on Twitter, as which you already do, I, I hope, unless you've unfollowed me. I see Dave, where I keep I was probably following. your first follower. I've been following you from day one, man. You and I see Kyle. Okay. Nobody's a bigger fan of Dave M than I. That is true. That is absolutely to the truth. Anyways. So that is your Manuk Moose Minute. Uh, someone said in the in the uh, chat, I went over my allotted time, but I, I which I definitely did. It's a Manuk. It's a Manuk Moose ten minutes. Mi- really? Yeah, but but the reality is, I wanted to provide a little positivity around here because look at the Moose are pushing for first in the division. You know, they win six of eight uh, at home, and we got a lot of people that you know. And going back to what you said about you know people are a little bit sensitive when it comes to Vili Hainala, right? Yeah, like. Is it out of the realm of possibility that he's called up? Like, why are we not talking about that? Right? Like, of all the struggles the Jets have had on on defense, right? And like Kyle Capo Bianco comes in, who obviously, you know, we don't expect to to be playing significant minutes in the Jets' top six, right? Yeah. Uh, but with kind of what's been happening with Logan Stanley requesting a trade, but Chevy not confirming that he requested a trade or denying that he requested a trade. Obviously, like, you know, I think Dylan Sandberg, I've said this to you so many times, Dave, that I think you know, the spot on the third pair is his, There's no uh, but I'm just saying like Billy Hano, like, you know, is, is that something that's possible that he's called up here for the well, stretch, stretch? I mean, run? remember there's only the four recalls that you're entitled to, uh, you know, towards the end of the season. So, I mean, we'll see what plus happens. The emergency recalls plus emergency, of course. And, and, and I, I think, look, if you're not playing them, then don't, I mean, and people, I'm with who, you though. Don't, don't, if you're bringing them up, you gotta, you gotta play him at some point. And and uh, like I said, it's not just about Billy Hinola, who's developing with the Moose. Declan Chisholm's developing with the Moose. You know, Henry Nickinen, uh, the 2019 fourth rounder. Daniel Torgerson, the 2020 second rounder. Simon Lundmark, the 2000, no. Yeah, Simon Lundmark's 2019 second rounder. And um, and Tyrell Bauer. You know, they, all these guys, all these prospects, they're developing. And that's what you want. Uh, it was the reason why I was a little surprised that the Jets only papered Axel Janssen Fielby for the playoffs for the moose or to make him available to play in the AHL, because I thought there'd be a benefit for if they needed to, to let some of their younger guys go on runs, but that's not decisions we make. So regardless, you, uh, we're going to have the moose, uh, coverage again, coming for the, uh, the rundown for them, for the remainder of their season, their magic number still in the twenties, but that central division is a lot of fun to cover. And it's going to be a lot more fun, uh, starting tomorrow when they take on the Abbotsford Canucks and, uh, as that just about does it for us. So uh, where's Frosty? How come Frosty hasn't shown us what our sponsors are? Our sponsors are because I don't want to forget. I don't want to leave anyone out. We didn't, of course, as 
what is the um speaking of sponsors ezra what do you, oh, have you want to do, you? are we going to do the shot yes. of the game i got it here yes. what's going on okay here? well who are we going to give it to well that's your decision you have to decide could we do a uh, seagram's pass of the game because i'd give it to nick healers i'm gonna you know i'll give it to schmitty that, shot of the one. game for nate schmidt should have been the game winning goal so schmitty well, that this one's to Nate Schmidt, shot of the game from Seagram's. Thank you for, to our to our friends at Seagram's for for being a sponsor mm. for being along for the ride. Yummy, yummy fireball. <laughs> Here's Frosty Winnipeg right on right on cue as right on time to ten thirty seven on a Monday night, and I have to work tomorrow. But well, I do it for the show, Dave. Well, I'm going to give you a big thank you, Ezzy. I'm going to give a big thanks to all of the people who support us by following and watching this channel and going on illegalcurve.com. But I'm also going to give a big thank you to all of the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make the post-game show, the Saturday show, and that website, IllegalCurve.com, a possibility. They are, in no particular order. Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Linden Market Dental Center, Zappia Group Realty, Betway, Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, Grid Park, and The Keg. Support these fine businesses, Ezra. You know why? Because of their continued support of Illegal Curve Hockey. I wish someone would have supported whoever was in net for the Senators. I just saw this. That's why I'm shocked. The Blackhawks beat the Senators 5-0 tonight. Really? Well, hey, every once in a while. So the Hawks didn't want to be... Can't predict puck, right? The Hawks didn't want to let the Sharks get that far ahead of them in the Western Conference uh, chase. So they didn't... They're like, we don't want to be in the basement that much alone. Anyways, folks, thank you very much. It's like, yeah, Chicago didn't... Do you understand how tanking works? You have to lose for tanking to work. (laughs) Exactly. So remember, we will be back with you on Wednesday night after the Jets and Wild game. Looking forward and to that one. It's, they're always fun games, always close games. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and thank you, Matthew, for joining us. Matthew says, great show as always. I see, I see post-game shows help get through a tough Jets losses. Let, let's be honest. LOL. Cheers, fellas. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you for everybody for joining us and being part of our show here on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Illegal Curve, sorry, post-game show. Kenny and Rennie are probably well underway, so go join those guys. Head over to IllegalCurve.com for all your Jets, Moose, and Winnipeg Ice needs. We will have all of that up. We'll have the recap up later. We'll have the morning papers ready to go at 7 o'clock in the morning. So be sure you're staying tuned for all your latest hockey in Manitoba news. I am today's host, Dave Manuk. He is my main man, Ezra Ginsberg. You have been listening to the Illegal Curve postgame show. Thanks for joining us. Have a good rest of your night. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.